0: Well, I said, you know, I'm Leon Tonelson and I, I served in the U.S. Army, went to college at City College of New York, earned a bachelor's degree, a, a, a liberal arts degree, majored in political science, minor in geology, and then using all of my college experience, I embarked on my career of selling men's underwear.
1: <laughs> so you were a sales executive for Fruit of the Loom?
0: Yes, I was executive vice president for sales. Are you wearing Fruit of the Loom right now? No. You're not? No. When was the last time you wore Fruit of the Loom? I still have some in my drawer. Okay. What I'm wearing now, believe it or not, is (laughs) underwear from England. Marks and Spencer. Me and all my friends. A podcast about love, life, and joint pain. Produced in partnership with Blakeford Senior Life.
1: You're part of the 8730 club yeah, the
0: 8730 club is a very exclusive club your body is 87 years old it has to be otherwise you can't be in that club mm-hmm. and your mind has to be at 30 you can't have an 87 year old body and an 87 year old mind that you're not in the club
1: that's the eighty-seven eighty-seven that, club. that's the 87
0: 87 club that's one club you don't want to be in. yeah <laughs> people talk about the worst stage a man can have is at 50 why is that they say because after fifty, you know, you're you're going down. I don't believe that. I think, I think at fifty, you're still at your peak. I think you still have your uh, uh, your, your your earning power. It should be at its greatest. Uh, your, whatever you wanted to achieve in life, you're climbing toward that goal. Uh, so sixty to me is is a turning point. Up until sixty, you're 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 doing just great. I think when you reach sixty, you start thinking about well, you know what? There's more behind me than there is in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. And uh, but then when you get into your seventies and eighties, you sort accept it and you enjoy it. Yeah, you know. And uh, you know, when when you're fifty years old, you say, "Gee, I'll never tell anybody that I'm fifty years old. I'll tell them I'm thirty-eight or 40. Uh, and, and except when you get up to be seventy-five or eighty, you say, "You know what? When they ask me how old, I'll tell them the truth." Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: a couple things. Um, one is the interviews I've had with people here, Dr. region, Francis Edwards, Great guy. well, Dr. Region, what's inspiring about him is age be damned. He's still going to be learning and, and curious and knowledgeable. And, and Francis, uh, had some line in our interview where she was just like, I don't care how old I am. You know, you you do things your way and if people don't like it, then you're just a kooky old person, Mm. but, but you you do things on your term and and your old way. Now, a couple of things I want to say one is i think you should change the 8730 club to 8727 and i say that as a 32 year old who who knows 25 26 27 great 27 things start going downhill i don't know if you know that 30 ain't that great 30 is when your friends start to get married and they're having kids and you're going am i gonna have kids is my career not taking off? You start getting hangovers pretty bad. 27, you don't get hangovers. 27, you're still <laughs> in the prime of your life. So just consider putting in an application for the 8727 Club. So you were a sales executive for Fruit of the Loom?
0: Yes, I was executive vice president for sales.
1: Are you wearing Fruit of the Loom right now? No. You're not? No. When was the last time you wore Fruit of the Loom?
0: I still have some in my drawer. Okay. What was it like to work there? Uh, great. It was great. You know, uh, I was going to be a regional manager in the Middle East and I was actually looking for homes in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Sorry, you said the middle... Mid- Mid-Atlantic. Mid- okay, Mid-Atlantic. Around Philadelphia. That Sorry, area. Middle the, East would have been different. No, no, the regional manager for the Mid-Atlantic, he was retiring and I was going to take his place. And then in 1970, I guess 78 or 77, something happened and that happening, I don't know if you'd remember this, you may maybe underoos, it was underwear for children, with Superman costumes, Batman costumes. Then it took off like a rocket. It was, and, and whew, did I learn from that? At any rate, the well, people well, have, what do you what do you mean? What, what did you learn? What what did you? Well, demand exceeded supply. Oh, yeah, I, I can remember how it started. I was sitting in my office in the Empire State Building. It was a rainy day. I forget what month it was. And we sold a store, a a medium-sized department store in Brooklyn. I can't even remember the name. And they called the Fruit of the Loom office, and and they received their first shipment of Underoos, and it was Superman and Batman costumes. And it was packaged in a record jacket, big square record jacket, so it was completely different. And there was no mention of Fruit of the Loom. It was Underoos, but Fruit of the Loom made it. Mm and. The guy said, he says, as soon as we unpacked it, it was gone. He said the people were just coming in. and As soon as they saw it, they bought it. But marketing, in the long run, totally, totally screwed it up. Uh, For example, Batman and Superman were characters that were extremely popular with parents and children to see their kid in a, in a Superman costume or a Batman costume. And Robin was very big, Spider-Man was very big. And then we made it for girls also. And for girls, there was one character that you just, you couldn't make it fast enough and they couldn't keep it in stock, was Wonder Woman. Phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal character. Uh, so what, do you have to get like the rights from, would it have been Marvel had, we, at the yeah, time? We, we, we were at Marvel and DC Comics, and we, we paid them commission. Uh, and it may have been, I don't know, two or three percent. I have no idea what it was. But the idea was that they had some bad characters. There was a comic called Archie. Archie was a, not, not a good character to sell. And in, stores could not order a box full of Superman or a box full of Batman. You had to have it assorted. And because they were paying, they were obligated to pay commissions to all of these. these people had guarantees. And I told the marketing people, I said, the hell with the guarantees pay the guarantees forget about Archie concentrate on Batman Robin Superman and Spider-Man oh no 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 we have to so the bad kids need Archie so as the, as the retailers started receiving boxes they got they sold all of the Batman they sold all of the Robin they sold all of the Superman they were stuck with Archie
1: all right Lynn I want to ask you one more one more thing and then we're gonna get out of here yeah,
0: sure Queen let's talk about Queen well, yeah I love him I saw them, you know, they, they had a, 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 sh- a Queen show in England when I was living there. I don't think it's, it, God knows, it still maybe running now. And I just love the group. And Freddie Mercury, uh, unfortunately died so young, how talented he was. I just, you know, I just, I love their songs.
1: I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm not a huge Queen fan. Is that blasphemous for me to say to you? Let's Cut this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And All My Friends, hosted and produced by Ben Odo. For more interviews, visit meandallmyfriendspod.com and make sure to follow us at meandallmyfriends on Instagram. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Julie Dowd, Brian Barnes, John McHugh, and Warner Tidwell. I'm Mariah Paris, and nobody ever thinks me. Yeah.